Okay, are we ready? Ah, fuck! No, I'm being clawed in the testicles. <laughs> well, there's the opening quote. Thank you for that, Phil. <laughs> Why have you put my Ainsley Harriet t-shirt on the fucking floor, you little shit? <laughs> that Ainsley Harriet t-shirt is worth more to me than you are. Don't you forget it. Don't speak to your mother like that. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens. And he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. He plays for fun. And if you beat him, then he'll put you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter, it's banter behind the throne. Stop talking, Phil. You always do this, you always talk. (laughs) (laughs) On a fucking podcast. (laughs) Hello and welcome back to Banter Behind the Throne. This is episode 58. I'm your host, Dave Bamford. I'm your King of the Castle for today. I'm joined today by Mr. Thomas Peel. Say hello, Tom. Hello. And we have two dirty... We have two dirty rascals with us today. We have Wedge. Say hello, Wedge. Hello. Who you may remember from previous episodes, but do you want to give us a a very quick reminder of who you are, Wedge? Um, Hi, I'm Wedge. Um, I've been on previous episodes. That's my claim to fame. Thank you, Wedge. Uh, Wedge was the captain of the team event before I usurped him. Uh, and he uh, was the one who copied John Bruno's House of Dreams Manda deck and to great success. Um, what a time traveller. We're also joined by our other dirty rascal, uh, Mr. Dan Mulcron. Would you like to introduce yourself and say hello? Hello, Dave. Hello, everyone. Um, yeah, I kind of organise all the tournament stuff around Northampton in the UK, um, which unfortunately means I don't get to play in as many tournaments as I would like, because I always end up having to sit out so there's not a buy, which is sad. Um, but yeah, no, that's kind of the main thing that I do. I think to organise tournaments and try and get people to play more thrones. So. That's good. I've, I've yeah. seen you play a tournament before. No, I do, I do play. I do play, and I, join, I do travel for them sometimes, but often the local ones that I organise, they often end up missing out, because we always seem to end up with even numbers, which is good, but not so good for me. <laughs> sure. Um, tell us how long you've been playing Thrones. Um, have you got a favourite house? Anything like that? Anything interesting? Um, so I used to live in Canterbury and I played Thrones kind of casually there. Um, just a few, with a few of my housemates, we had the kind of uh, 1.0 with the corset and a few random expansions and stuff, and we just played with ourselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, where? But I moved back to Northampton. Uh, no one played so couldn't play Thrones anymore, which was sad, because my local meta was Brigstock, and I didn't even know you guys existed at the time. So that was that. That's hard, um, So I, I'm going to say a swear word. I ended up playing Netrunner to have a card game to play. Um, played that for about a year, um, and then 2.0 got announced, and there's a Tuesday night club that I play at where people play card games, board games, tabletop games, and as Net, uh, Game of Thrones got closer and closer to the release, I basically whispered into everyone's ears, this is, this is an amazing game, you have to play it, you have to play it. And we went from having no players to our last tournament, I think we had 16 people, all local. So, yeah. That's 
pretty but, damn good. Yeah. So, uh, as you... You're relatively new to Competitive Thrones. Um, I believe you are our first guest who didn't play 1st Edition competitively. Off the top of my head. Ooh. So you are Ooh. our token 2nd Edition player. Unless you count Top Knot Mike, which we don't. Because no. he's only played like two games. So um, am I basically only on so that you can claim you're not 1st Edition elitist? That is exactly why. In the, in the <laughs> anniversary of 1st Edition being a competitive game for a year very very soon we thought we should probably get a second edition player on uh, and I hope I haven't forgotten anyone when I've said that because that would be really embarrassing but it's fine <laughs> like, who have we had on now we only got our mates on it's fine um, <laughs> right so uh, this week we will primarily be talking about the UK team championship uh, which we had the privilege of going to uh, as a team and uh, Dan TO'd so that will be our main I mean, brunt of the episode, but before that we've got a couple of uh, smaller topics to talk about. The first of which is that there was an email from Starlek today. Uh, they have announced that the card pool that is legal for Starlek will be announced on the 4th of November, and so essentially we'll know whether Valor is legal or not. Uh, obviously we're hoping it is. Uh, shake up the meta a bit, see what happens. Um, make Starlek much more exciting than Worlds, rather than just mostly more exciting than Worlds. Um, they've also announced which artists are there. Uh, our friends Marius Ganzel and Thomas Jedrzejczyk, who we've met before, um, and the other guy, the newer guy called Joshua Cairo, I think his name was. Um, he is the guy that did Fat Bob and Stannis and a couple of other cards. So uh, there is stuff you can get signed by him, which, which of course pleases me, pleases the swag god as well. Um, there are also more tickets for Starlek, including those in the castle. So if people are on the fence. There are, at the time of recording, there are still tickets left. So go and get them, and come along and play, and it'll be fun. Any comments on Starlight before we move along? I'm looking forward to it. Should be a jolly time for all. I think it'll be more exciting the world, because the meta will be more diverse. Well, assuming we get another chapter pack. Well, e even if we don't get another chapter pack, I think it'll probably still be more diverse. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> it generally is. Um, okay, sure. Alright, next topic. Oh, we're going through these swimmingly. Uh, prize support for the store championships and other various things was announced. Um, we've had... So, store championships, um, the Battle of the Trident tournament, obviously announced but confirmed again, and uh, Worlds as well, a little bit of Worlds. We've, uh, we've seen that they've got the Winds of Winter program, and two copies of that will be in all the store championship kits, which is nice. Um, it should be a bit easier to get hold of than the Eddard Starks were last year. Um, mm -hmm. You don't see many of them around. Uh, <laughs> what do we What do we think of the um, the prize support for store championships and stuff? We've got uh, Sirio as a participation prize and a miscellaneous Rainbow Knight uh, on the mat. It is Robar Royce. Well, we haven't seen a Robar Royce card yet, so he's coming. Um, and then Tears of Lease tokens as well. Do you guys have any? Um, any thoughts on the prize support? Good, bad, indifferent? I don't really like the concept of the Tears of Lease tokens, I'm not going to lie, but mostly because I hate Tears of Lease, so that's um, probably <laughs> why. Um, I don't know, it's still not really... I mean, Sirio's quite nice, Sirio Pharrell. Yeah. Um, he's lovely, he does his little job, but I don't know. We'll see. It'd be nice if we could get 
I'm trying to think what we actually... St- it's, it's tough, because we do kind of need tokens, but we don't at the same time. We need mats again. Mats would be nice. Some oh. really nice new mats. Well, there's, there's Robar um, Royce mats, Peel. Robar Maybe. Royce mats would be... Well, they're not, mats are always good. I like mats. Mats are good. Yeah, no, I like Robo Royce. I think it's a nice bit of art. Obviously, wait to see if the card's any good, but I think it might be slightly divisive. It's kind of maybe take it or leave it art for some people, but my big complaint is the Battle of Trident, uh, the store championship kits, sorry, have been delayed in the UK. So the Battle of Trident probably won't be, maybe until the beginning of December. So that's not good for the UK, at least. Yeah, it was going to look like we could go to the, the World Celebration Weekend, whatever that is, on the Weekend of Worlds. Mm. Then there was going to be the Battle of the Triton the next weekend, and then it was going to be Starlux, so I was going to have like three or four really competitive tournaments in the two weeks before Starlux, which was going to be great. Run whatever decks I'm thinking of and uh, really see what's what's going on, and then that's not happening now. So hopefully some places put on like Game Night Kits or something, but uh, we shall see. Otherwise, I'll have to collar someone and make them run reps against me. Peel. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the art on Robars is fine. Like, I don't think I'd ever use the mat, but I want one. Serios <laughs> uh, are nice really... Collection. Sorry? It's nice for the collection. It Just is. one more mat. Yeah. But it is Tyrell again. I mean, I'm assuming he's going to be Tyrell. And I assume so, yeah. So the second store championship in a row, so the second kind of playmat that a lot of people will get will be Tyrell again. That is a kind of weird decision. Hmm. Yeah. I would expect... I mean, we've already had a Night's Watch one, but I would expect a Night's Watch one for a big kit sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, I think is a good choice, though. He's a, he's a neutral character that's going to go in a few decks, so you don't mind having multiples of him. Better than the... Uh, Jesus Christ, the eerie. Yeah. So. I mean, as uh, as one of cards go, Sirio's one of the best ones to give out because, as you say, yeah, he goes in multiple decks and you could fit him in... I mean, you probably won't, but you could fit him in almost every deck you build if you really wanted to. Like, there's, he's always potentially usable. So that's quite a nice one to give out. You know, if you get one copy, you probably only run one of him anyway, so you've got essentially a playset. You run... You get multiple copies, you can probably fit him in every deck, so... It's a nice one that scales, unlike other cards. Uh, mm. Which is good. Uh, yeah, Tears of Lee's tokens, they look kind of bland. I won't use them because I like my uh, Eddard Stark tokens. Alright then, the main news of today is regarding Mr. Thomas Peel's cat and our and our little, a little competition to see Experiment. what said cat would be named. Mm. So... I'm going to give you the top three suggestions. Oh, As vote, what we did was we took, for those who aren't aware, we took the we took suggestions for the name from our listeners, and we have narrowed them down to ones that uh, make sense or <laughs> we like. Um, some of them were uh-huh. male names. One of them was Peel, for instance. That would have been a bad name for Peel's cat. Uh, no, I mean, Peel does have females. Um, there are female Peels, but they're not the same. Okay then. Uh, that would have been confusing, whereas Dave would have been confusing and wrong. Yeah, and like feminine names ish, I suppose, maybe. I'm not really that fussed. She can be called whatever she wants. Sure. She doesn't get a say in it. True, she doesn't. 
Okay. So, uh, once we've done that, we, yeah, we put them out to vote. Uh, and looking at them, there were four that were joint third position. And they were <laughs> Carly, short for Khaleesi, Lady Pounce. <laughs> I really wanted Lady Pounce to be up there. <laughs> well, it was, it I was, like that. It was joint third, you know. Um, yeah. Rose Road Per Troll, or Rose for short. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> um, or uh, Ormagali, who obviously we're a big fan of. Uh, but far and away, the top two uh, options were those that did well. Um, second place with 27% of the vote was Fish Whiskers, which is a fantastic yep. name for a cat. Um, but if you actually looked at the options, there's very little uh, shock that with 41.43% of the vote, Much and Morgan won. So uh, your cat is now called Much and Morgan, or I'm sure on its legal forms, Morgan Peel. Congratulations. Um, yeah. that's going to be confusing and definitely not awkward when people ask me the name of my cat at work seeing as I have someone called Morgan in my team at work we'll just say that friends voted and they voted because of your love of rum I'm just going to no it's not even that Dave I'm just going to be up front and just tell her I named it after her and then give her a weird look (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be be up front and lie for the rest of my life like um yeah, my love of rum, my love of Leicester, and my love of uh, much and more. So yeah, all right, we'll take it. <laughs> Congratulations to Chris Thompson, who Yay. suggested Much and Morgan as a, as a name for Peel's cat. Uh, he is from Lebanon, in Indiana, which is confusing. Nice. Yeah, that is very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll uh, I'll be in contact with him for his address, and I'll send over the bands behind the throne playmat. Congratulations to you, Chris. Yay! So. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking now, because we're going to move on to the UK Team Championship. Um, I'll get Dan to introduce the main structure of it, but uh, it's teams of three, and we were going to go as banter behind the throne, but Craven had to drop out due to work, so, I mean, we had to conscript Wedge to join us in our team, which was sad, but... It's nice to have a ring, Yeah, if you're going to press gang anyone into a team for thrones... Wedges a solid shout. So, uh, Dan, do you want to give us a rundown of the day, prize support, structure, all that kind of jazz? Okay, so um, it was a team, as Dave said, it's a team tournament, and um, we had 16 teams in the end. Each team was three players. We had 48 people there on the day, which is really good. We ran kind of four rounds of Swiss, as you would with a 16-player tournament, and then we did a cut to top four. The way it worked was normal Swiss pairings, and when you were paired up against another team, you would flip a coin, and whoever won the coin toss uh, would gain initiative. And what you then were able to do is you presented your house cards and uh, agendas to the opposing team, and whoever won initiative got to choose the fir- well, got to choose whether they picked first or second, and the first pick got to pick their matchup. So there was an element of being able to choose your matchup every round uh then it kind of rotated the other team got to pick the match up and third players were paired off with uh whatever was left up left over um that was kind of the basic premise of the day um yeah it went really well um it's quite stressful um 
as uh, any big tournament is. Biggest tournament I've organised personally. Um, in terms of prize support, what we did is we did some alt art house cards, and everyone got a full play set of those, which personally I think were quite nice. I don't know what everyone else thought, but they were very nice, fan. especially Good. the Stannis one. Yes, I was a big fan of Stannis. I really like that, and I like the uh, year grit we did for uh, Night's Watch as well. Hmm. It was a nice one. Um, every each team got uh, they all got badges with the UKTC logo, stickers. And then um, kind of the other main prizes were top eight got, um, based on where they placed, got a copy of an Altar Nightmares. Um, top four got copies of an Altar Put to the Sword. Um, top three all got uh, uh, icon removing and adding tokens. There were trophies for first, second and third. Uh, first place won a UKTC mat. Uh, we also had a Tyrion prize, which was an Altart Night uh, Wildfire. And last place, um, the Sansa prize, got a Spoon of Doom. <laughs> uh, we also had spot prizes that we gave out during the day, which is just the random kind of Altarts that I'd had um, produced for kind of local tournaments through the year. So lots of prizes. Fantastic. Um, and of course, there were dog tags as well with our team name on them. Oh, yes. Yeah, of course. Every um, yeah, every team got a set of dog tags or kind of key rings with your team name inscribed into it with also a little crown as well, which was, yeah. it turned out quite nicely, I think. They're really nice. Uh, they're on uh, on my car keys at the moment, so hmm. put them to good use. Uh, okay, uh, what was the field like? Was there a lot of diversity? So because um, every member of a team had to play a different house, um, well, there was kind of inherently quite a lot of diversity. Um, the most represented house was um, Stark, with nine people playing it. Mm -hmm. And Stark Fealty was like 67% of that. But there was also Stark Row, Stark Summer, Stark Crossing. Um, so kind of even within that, there was kind of a bit of bit more variety than you would normally see. Um the next most play oh martel was nine players so quite a lot of martel targ was seven so they're the kind of the most represented and um, we did have a fair bit of um baratheon but actually uh, i think the one that i'd really like to point out was lannister there was only six so kind of continuing the uh European trend of Lannister being less represented, there was uh, more... Yeah, same amount of Baratheon as there was Lannister, but there was more Stark, more Targ, more Martell. It's good to hear. So yeah, Greyjoy uh, was little underrepresented, with only four people playing Greyjoy. Uh, Night's Watch, again, only four people playing as well, which I was quite surprised about, with um, the kind of rise to kind of prominence of the... Uh, Night's Watch Fealty decks recently. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, it was quite a good field. And one thing I'd really like to do is at the um, during the tournament, obviously we tracked team performances and when you won, your team got the points. But I also, during the day, maybe slightly stupidly, tracked individual performances. So at the end of every round, after updating kind of team performances, I entered all the data into Jousting Pavilion to... Um, see kind of how individuals performed over the day 
And at the end of Swiss, we had four people who were undefeated. And that was Wedge, who was playing uh, Martel Stag, oh. Rebecca Gillard, who was playing Targaryen Crossing, James Wormsley playing Lannister Winter, and uh, Issian, who was playing Night's Watch Fealty. So that was kind of the four best performing decks from Swiss, which was quite interesting, I thought. And two of them made the cut? Yep, so... two of them made the cut, which was uh, Wedge and James. Is uh, No. Wedge and Issian. Yeah. So, But Rebecca missed out on the cut, because unfortunately uh, uh, Richard uh, let her down. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Um, where were the, the teams from? Were there, was there a decent representative representation across the country or was it so local? we had um i think it was four teams locally we had i think four teams came from london and there was another team that was split between reading and london um but then we had a kind of good number from kind of all over the place we had some from the south coast um obviously um uh, josh came down and played as well Josh Chambers, been on the podcast, yeah, Mr. Middlesbrough Way. Um, trying to think where else we the furthest travelled. I think yeah, it was the furthest. I think the furthest travelled was probably uh, Joe Zimmer and Josh Chambers on the day. But yeah, so quite a quite a fair representation. But I also managed to press gang a press gang of quite a few locals into playing as well. So that's quite nice. Good to hear. Um, I know because uh, the nature of the tournament and the prize support means that pre-registering is not necessarily a must but it's really 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 important for this um yes. obviously you've got to get the dog tags printed which there is a lead time for that um and i think you needed to know broadly how much space you'd need which is obviously pretty yes. important when each team takes up you know three tables essentially um yeah and i know that put off some people um i know the scots were thinking of sending a team down but realized that they by the time they thought about it, it was too late to organise a team, and therefore they didn't. Whereas if they had realised they might have been able to turn up on the day, maybe they'd have sent one down, which would have thrown the uh, pairings into disarray, but would have been nice to see the Scots. So, well, I guess... Yeah, hopefully there was a few a reasons. Oh, sorry. sorry, Dave. I was gonna say, hopefully, there, hopefully there's going to be a... Uh, there'll be a bit more uh, publicity. Now we've had one next year, will people will know about it in advance. I mean, we publicised it very briefly, I think, but um, due to technical issues, we couldn't get you on yourself to actually talk through it, so it was a very brief thing. Um, so hopefully next year people will will think about it more in advance and uh, come along. But go on, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, so there was kind of a number of reasons we needed the lead time. Um, it being the first year, we did need confirmation kind of the size of the tournament would be kind of going into it so that we could um, ensure we had enough space um, in terms of the place that we were hosting it at Jury's Inn in Milton Keynes. Getting that lead time also meant that um, we could get things like the dog tags made and make sure that we had enough of the alt arts and everything else um, produced for the actual event itself. Um, I know it's a kind of a unique for Thrones events. It's not often you have to kind of be registered so far in advance, but my hope is that as we get it more established kind of next year and the year after, that people will kind of get used to the fact that, because we are going to try and keep that in place, try and make sure that people get registered ahead of time for next year, um, and people kind of realise that it's going to come around and that we'll uh, open up tickets and um, sell them that way. 
Yeah, um, it's quite in, in quite a nice place in the Thrones calendar. October isn't super busy, I think, uh, because Varberg is in September, Nationals is over and done with, um, and it's it's fantastic prep time for Starlek. Just a, a, mm. just over a month out, uh, if you're deck building with friends, you can test three decks at once in a competitive situation. Really good practice. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to next year. Uh, so that should good. be fun. Um, we have had Wedge and I have had team team play experience before. Uh, Wedge has played in the last two Starlek team events, which are done by uh, top three of each country former team using their joust decks from the previous day um and so wedge made the team two years running and i made it last year so we have got a bit of experience in that kind of format um and it was just as much fun here as it was there so uh it's well worth coming along if you can uh, make it down to milton Keynes next year um and of course it's in a hotel so it's pretty practical uh there were also a number of other games run that weekend yeah so at the same time as the um game of thrones one we had a obviously won't be going on next year. We had a conquest one um, going on simultaneously, and uh, the next day uh, we had a few people stay actually over the night because the next day um, Barry, who uh, helps me, uh, runs uh, Guardians of Tear and a load of the uh, tournament stuff in, in and around Northampton and Milton Keynes. They run an X-wing event, which this year I think they had 51 teams. So that was yeah, 153 people on the Sunday playing X-wing. It's pretty good. Yeah. So we do have a, a lot of space that we can grow into if we get the uh, Game of Thrones team tournament uh, bigger. So that is uh, nice knowing that. Yeah. May I suggest a doubles tournament for after Christmas? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Just two v two. Two v two. That'd be amazing. It's well known that that is probably the best tournament Peel and I've been to. Certainly. That is the best tournament I've ever. Just... That's the only tournament I've ever done actually well in. <laughs> 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 like standalone, like legitimately done well on my own in that game. Well, you know what I mean. It's the only one where I've actually felt like I was doing well, not just sat there and just gone. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All my things are broken. I'm gonna sit here and stare at them. That that was frustrating. We went two-one with a mod loss, um, of which would have been a win if we had gone one more round. It was, you know, weird. We'd flipped Valor, missing all their protections. We had wiped the board. Peel had used all his, like his iron mines to save all my renowned characters. It was going well. Um, but we were having too much fun and got a mod loss. <laughs> we were talking was, too much. It was depressing. It was horribly wrong. It was, it was a fun game. Um, so, yeah, missing the cut on strength of schedule when we should have, you know, kinged the Swiss was frustrating. <laughs> or joint kinged the Swiss. Uh, yeah, if anyone wants to organise a two v two, I'm I'm almost definitely there. It's just, it's fantastic. It's so much fun, um, and it's slightly easier to get uh, get teams together as well. Three can be a bit of an awkward number. Um, you can only fit one team to a car, that kind of thing. Um, but pairs, pairs is nice and easy. So, uh, yeah, there you go. There's a bit of advice for you. Two Dan. Pairs in a car. If you, want, if you want to get me to a tournament in Northampton, do two v two. Okay, we'll have to do a 2v2 at some point next year then. Yeah, fantastic. Um, okay, uh, I'm just trying to think, was there any any, any more organisational things? Oh, frustration on my part, because um, my brother wanted to go to the X-Wing event and didn't think he could get a team together. 
and then it turns out one of his mates was free, and he could have just asked me. So, you know, I don't play oh. swing, but he could have, like, just conscripted me, and you I might get some points. Him. And if I, I did great, and if I didn't... <laughs> yeah, you know, we, we proved that you can do well with one team member uh, not doing well. <laughs> um, so, before I we move on to Wedge's... Um, Wedge's... Uh, like... Discussion on how he how he prepared us for the tournament. That's the best way of describing it. Um, Dan, tell us about tell us about who won the tournament. Well, um, so and how well uh, they did. a small kind of not very well known team uh, kind of really performed on the day. Um, a bit of a douchebag, actually. Um, Some would say underdog status. It was um, <laughs> Cinderella story. That's what I, I heard. I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm... Definitely a Cinderella um, story. Uh, with a little team called uh, House Bolton Wanderers. Ooh. With Bran and Goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, the, just before we get into the fact that obviously, uh, Dave, Wedge, Peel, you did win the UKTC, I, I would just like to make a, a small point because it's been alluded to already, but you won the UKTC with one of your team members losing every single game on the day until the final. But what a game I it like was. I like to charge up. Um, <laughs> I don't like to go... There's no point in showing your strong hand if you can just limp on through. You know, save that <laughs> shit for when you need it. Um, I, I do think it highlights something about the, the event um, and the way the format is run is... And actually, I think the, the fact that Peel lost so many of his games is actually a testament to the reason why you won. And it's because you were very, very willing to just throw him under the bus <laughs> and look at your matchups and go, I really don't want to play that, Peel. There you go. <laughs> you deal with that, because I'm not. I think we only did that once, twice, maybe? Several. Three. Certainly not three, three times, times a lady. <laughs> Definitely did it three times. I remember you going... Oh, it would be a really bad matchup if uh, any of us got Martel. Oh, people can play Martel. That, that definitely happened. All right. <laughs> yeah. And, and was there, was definitely, cool. there was definitely a time when you went, oh, I don't want to play against Lannister Winter. Peel, you can play against Lannister Winter. We figured in, in the winter, we'll, we'll get into that, but in the winter matchup, Greyjoy Winter had the advantage over Lannister Winter. And that was the fruit bore true in the, uh, in the final where Peel gave quite the showing against the same deck <laughs> that was that was brutal I watched a, a good portion of that game and oh my god <laughs> he destroyed him and in fact I was we figured out what to do because we lost every coin flip all day we did <laughs> <laughs> yeah every single coin flip just went against us no matter what we did like um coin flip it was bell sprout or weird Chinese writing and every time just never came through for us. No, it didn't. <laughs> it was so sad. So yeah, that's a testament to the skill of Wedge and I <laughs> that we can lose uh, lose coin flips and still win a tournament. And Not even that. The moral support from Peel. <laughs> I think that's what I was there for. Come on, lads, we can do this. Why are we huddling? I don't know. Let's have a team chance. It was a really... See, I brought in the team chance. Yeah, and every round we had a different like get psyched thing, didn't we? Like we we did like the three way high five. We did a you know hands in the middle and up. Shouting, yeah, go team, uh, team hug, team hold of hands. Yeah, it was it was great. I was very psyched the entire day. Um, 
One of the. Uh, we didn't do entrance, though. I must admit. Um, what like wrestling? Yeah, we can. I'll do it next year. Okay, sure. You could do that, Dan. Um, obviously, we did it at the Paramore Invitational. Uh, entrance music for each each member, uh, which they didn't get to choose. It was chosen for them, uh, and they weren't informed, so that was fun. Uh, but yeah, entrance music for the team event could be really good. All the different stables. Um, whoever has the belt can can hold that. We can hold up our mats from last year. Yeah. You oh, that do would that. be. Uh, what? Well, so, <laughs> while that sounds like an organisational nightmare, that does sound amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust me, entrance music is the way to go. Anything to make it more <laughs> like wrestling, the better. If you can get JR to commentate, then uh, it would just be fantastic. Yeah, if you can so, organise Fozzy to perform as well, we'll get on that. Oh, it yeah. It will be good. Jericho would do it, you know? Create a bit. He would. He, yeah. Pretty girl. Jobs are good. Yeah. <laughs> need two pretty. No, he wants two pretty girls though, Dave. Don't you remember? Oh yeah. Definitely took. Yeah, we went to uh, we went to Fozzie, didn't we? And yeah. two pretty and girls went up. Went to go get his ass autograph, and then before we knew it, he'd just gone off with two pretty girls. Like, oh, all right then. Oh, um, we're not pretty enough for you, Chris Jericho. Fair enough, Chris. I thought you were more than that. <laughs> Shallow bastard. I thought he was in it for the fans. <laughs> he sounds like he's really hurt you. <laughs> you know, he let me down. I wanted. Wanted to high five Jericho, but no. Yeah, especially as the no. support band were better. <laughs> they really were. They were so good. <laughs> I still listen to that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't listened to Fozzie since. I don't even know if Fozzie are still going. I've no idea. He was on uh, Devin Townsend's most recent album, though. He does some narration huh? on it, so uh, that was exciting. No, no, not my re- most recent. The one before. But uh, yeah, that's pretty exciting when I found that out. Okay then, before we uh, before we get wedged to to learn us all, um, have you got any questions for us regarding our experience of the day, Dan? Because I know you're a bit tight on time today. Thanks, Dave. Um, so, how did you um, feel about the pairing system about getting to uh, choose matchups? How did you think that worked for the tournament? Wedge, do you want to field that because uh, obviously you've you've had three team events now. Um, and the pairing system is slightly different here to Starlex, so cover that. Yeah, it, it worked fairly similarly. Other than in Starlex, the teams are all ranked based on previous day's performance. Because to qualify mm. for the event, you had to finish high up in your country's joust pairing matchups. Um, so having a coin flip, uh, I guess, is the only sensible solution a one-off tournament that isn't linked to anything else. Although perhaps you could have done it differently in the cut, which teams were yeah. rank, so that the higher ranked team had a, an advantage. So That's, have... Yeah, no, I like that. It uh, also encourages kind of it benefits from kind of finishing higher. Just um, it then continuing to be random and you know, single elimination, even if you did ring the Swiss. I like that. Um, so, so, kind of, any other opinions on it, on how it went, and how you felt about it? I like the way you um, had the coin flip for who plays who. I thought that worked really well, um, due to the fact that often we were choosing to, well, I say we were choosing, we never got to choose, but we realised that if you actually go second, it's not so much of a disadvantage, because you get to choose, basically, who plays who over two games, instead of just one. Yeah, you get to get, you get to determine the kind of second and third matchup, which is actually quite nice. Often found um, in kind of because we uh, have done the uh, UKTC for other events that picking second is often 
unless there's an absolutely terrible matchup for one of your decks, often um, better because you're determining two matchups rather than one. Mm. We were uh, quite worried about that in the final because we was it the final or the or the top four maybe um, one of them we thought we really don't want this matchup to happen. <laughs> Um, and then it happened the way we kind of wanted it almost, really. Oh, I, I, I can't remember which, which game it was, but one of them was like, we don't want this Second player to, to be matched up with this. Uh, because, oh, it was, um, yeah, it was, the, it was the top four where Wedge got the Night's Watch deck played by Issian, who was also undefeated mm. to that point. Um, that was the matchup we really didn't want to happen. Um, and kind of gave, uh, gave Peel and I the decision of, what do we, what do, we do from here? Like... This is quite a tough decision now because we really need to um, play our cards right. But luckily, Wedge won out in that game anyway, so it wasn't an issue. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, uh, I, we uh, we got to discuss once we knew whether we were picking. No, it's before we did the coin flip. We got to discuss with our teammates what matchups are good. But after we had seen um, the house card and agenda, so yeah. that was quite interesting that we got to get a little private discussion time. I enjoyed mm. that. Um, at Starlek, you can kind of discuss amongst yourselves at the uh, at the table, but you don't get you know private time, as it were. Um, at Starlek, you also only see the house cards, which yes. uh, can make it a bit tougher, especially when uh, Wedge took a team in that had three Targaryen house cards, um, <laughs> and they were very, very, very different builds. <laughs> I remember you doing that and just selecting it. All oh, right, so we've got three Targaryens. That was the year <laughs> you were in, wasn't it? With um, you, Whammer, and Reese. yeah, it was you three. No, it was Wedge, Whammer, and Reese. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, were you in it? I wasn't in it. No, I did terribly at that oh. start. Like I went like I went four four, I think, or three five, or something. Sadly. Was that the one where we said we'd start drinking after we'd lost two games? That was the one you were there. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah. damn. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember me, you, and um, Craven, like, on the first day. Oh, we'll start drinking after we've lost two games, after the second round. Yeah, we're good drinking. No, I did really well last year at Starlight Pill. Mm. I made the top 32. I've got a captain's armband to prove it. You have got a captain's Bunch armband. Bunch of wedges, uh, chagrin. So, yeah. No, I, I started drinking... I think during the cut, actually. I think I was rather reserved. I was drinking during the <laughs> melee. <laughs> the melee doesn't count. Melee doesn't count, though. Stop Could have drink during melee, although yeah. you do badly. Exactly. Um, yeah, the drunk you are in melee, the better you do. That is a fact. Yeah, ask Waffle. <laughs> that is actually... Ask Reese. Yeah, yeah. Well, Reese was drunk during the joust as well. He made top four. And it wasn't his drinking that put him out of the top four. It was his deck building. <laughs> if he had included the plot that allows you to have eight plots, he would have made the final. And judging by his performance in the team event the next day, he would have won. So, because uh, he played the, the guy who eventually won. Um, so that was sad for Reese. But he would have been intolerable if he was a Starlet champion. Yeah, really, it's a shame for all of us. He's pretty, he's pretty intolerable as overall champion. So, yeah. But I was thinking, uh, thinking the other day, Starlet results-wise... Uh, team England has a team championship and two overall championships to our name. That's pretty good. I think. Go England. Yeah. Not that overall means anything at Starlet. But, uh, well. but you know, it's it's an ego thing. It's like a participation prize. Yeah, yeah. Like an well, honourable mention. If Tagore can win it, anyone can win it, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't listen. Oh. And if he does, I don't care. <laughs> 
<laughs> nothing you wouldn't say to his face. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, go on, then, Dan. Have you got any more questions with us for us? Yeah, I have um, one more question. I'm going to pose it, and then I'm going to leave, and I'm going to listen to your answer when oh, I listen to the podcast. Fantastic. Oh. So, a little bit of a surprise for myself, which is quite nice. Um, so, last question. How did you feel about... Um, being able to give team members um, advice if they asked for it. Did you think there were any kind of issues with it? Did you run into any kind of, um, did you think it was fair? Did you find that it led to some abuse of kind of giving too much advice in some situations? How do you think it uh, ran for the tournament? And with that, I'm going to say goodbye. Bye. 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 Oh, no, Dan, you have Where's the Hawk? Yes, You've got your own media. You've only you've got your own media channel as well, which you haven't even mentioned. Oh, yeah, I know. Promote well, it's, your things. It's, I feel like whoring myself out. No, um, it's fine. Whore <laughs> yourself out. We enjoy it. Um, we, so we, I we, I do a video series called the uh, Citadel on uh, the Guardians of Tier YouTube page. So there's um, commentated games. Uh, sometimes get guests on, but often just me kind of chatting shit about games. Um, I also have. Um, some of the house cards left over from the event, um, which I am selling for £10 for a full set. So if you were interested in a set, uh, if you contact me on Facebook um, at Daniel Mulgrone, and um, I will uh, let you know if I've got any left. Fantastic. And if you go right yes, back to and the beginning time... of that, uh, that recording session that you've got, all your videos, there's one of me winning a uh, game night kit and cheating. And catching yes. myself yeah. cheating by accident on... While I'm commentating, going, oh dear, <laughs> that was that was that embarrassing. Was, uh, quite entertaining. I forgot to pay for a King's Road. That was very embarrassing. That was a long time ago. That was a long time. That ago. was, uh, you know, 2.0 wasn't really real then. So we've got, yeah, we've got much better at hiding it now, though. Yes, I am. <laughs> I, I'm better at hiding it now. Now we go for straight up for the armor. Like out of house, who cares? I, uh, yeah. Well, I, I've been in Northampton and I duped the Arbor on setup in Northampton before. Oh, uh, and I even called Dan over and said, Look, first game playing it, I've just duped the Arbor on setup. And he's like, That's amazing. And then about two days later, it all exploded and we we're like, Oh, okay. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> I didn't now know. we know. You, don't, you can't set up dupes in first edition. And there was, what, one unique limited card in first edition? Which, so the odds of actually duping it were pretty low. And, like, the only time I ever played it was in Knights of the Hollow Hill, and you don't get a setup anyway. So, like, yeah, it, it was it never came up before. But okay, uh, Daniel's just disconnected, so uh, thank you for joining us, Dan. What do you guys think to the teammate advice thing? If, if I asked you for advice, you were allowed to give it to me, but you were not allowed to um, just give advice just off the top of your head. So uh, what do you guys reckon? I actually thought it was a really good idea. I didn't see anyone abusing it in any way, shape, or form. It worked really well. Like, because uh, there are times where even if you know the answer, you still want a bit of reassurance. Just like, is this the right move? Yeah, I think it's the right move. You sure it's the right move? Like, yeah, yeah, it is, mate. Go on, and then you get fucked, and then you've got no one to blame but him. So it's all good. <laughs> it's, it's just a little bit easier that way. I, uh, I think I only asked for advice once and it was on my mulligan decision i think i did the same i don't think i asked me i did turn the wedge at one point i should mulligan this yeah the one time i sat the wedge all day mulligan's the main thing because setups are quite different to first edition 
I, I find my mulligan decision is much more important than it used to be. And uh, so, yeah, being able to ask you and Wedge for advice on that was really, really useful to me. Um, the rest of the time, I was I was all right on my own. But I like it. Um, it's a good learning opportunity, and it really helps with the, uh, the team camaraderie. Yeah. Is. I thought it make it, made things feel a bit more teamy. don't think any of us really asked a great deal, did we? No, um, you asked me about your Greenblood Trader about four times. Uh, <laughs> I kept doubling up green traders from the Greenblood Trader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, which one? Definitely that one. But there's no <laughs> difference. Um, <laughs> it felt like it might have been open to abuse, but I don't think anybody was. I think if anyone... It's an alien concept to people to ask things in the middle of a tournament game, but no one was really doing it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I guess you could have just had someone pilot your deck for you by asking the right questions at the right time but um, I don't think anyone would be really boring as well yeah you'll have a few more games then <laughs> you take that wedge but I think you'll find I won a game in the end you did so it all counts <laughs> every little helps I was really hoping that and I don't mean this in a mean way that one of you would lose one of yours in the end and I'd be like ah <laughs> so was I Peel I looked over and you were wiping the floor with this guy and then it finished and Wedge and I were actually struggling at that point we looked behind Um, to be honest it was very clutch at that point I thought well at least I've done that at least that relieved a little bit because then Uh, if one of you had lost it would have at least meant alright and Wedge and I discussed it afterwards and we thought you know what at that point we thought one of us can probably turn this round but both of us turning it round is pretty unlikely so having you won that game it was great and if one of us had lost it would have been like a, you know, like a baseball underdog movie where the, we pull through in the end, you know, teamwork, pull it together, and it would have been wonderful. Um, yeah, we could have had theme music and fireworks and all that. Um, Yay! But in the end, we uh, yeah, to, we just clean sweep. We had, to, uh, <laughs> we had to have the playmate of the year though in the uh, jacuzzi at one point. Oh yeah. You would have had to try and steal my girl. Victoria Silstead, playmate of the year. <laughs> God damn it, man! I love you. I always have. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Wedge, uh, you've been a bit quiet, obviously, because I've been enjoying the sound of my own voice. Uh, you took the initiative organising this. Um, obviously, Peel and I have been planning to go to the event for quite a while, uh, but we hadn't thought about decks, and when Craven dropped out, we didn't really know what was going on. Um, I saw in a group chat that you were free, and we organised for you to join, and then you were kind enough to not only encourage us to play certain decks, but build the decks for us. Literally uh, it. Do you want to talk to us? Well, I, I don't. Actually, you don't have a choice. You're here. Talk to us about <laughs> your deck choice decision and what it was like shepherding us into the decks. Um. Well, the starting point for the deck decisions was trying to come up with different decks that would have different answers to the the main threats. With the idea that you had some kind of leeway over picking your opponents, you could hopefully try and turn up with decks that would have favourable matchups against things that we we would be likely to face. Um, with that in mind, we had quite a, a broad spectrum of different deck designs. Um, went from there, really. Um, obviously, Peel was happy to get something Greyjoy flavoured. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I really like the Greyjoy Winter deck as a, a good matchup for decks that, well, Stark is the obvious one, because Winterfell is such a an awkward thing to play against, but 
having a lot of winter plots and the native location control that Greyjoy has is quite a good matchup for it. But the Greyjoy deck will then also can take out other houses that are playing the big four-cost locations like Night's Watch and Tyrell. And the winter, obviously, the kind of small choke that Greyjoy has um, can be a bit awkward for anyone to play against. I did enjoy watching people in after the first round discarding down, because I only pulled it off once, but I did manage to make someone discard down to do cards um, once. That was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, watching them just get rid of all their cards, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, that's right. All of them. But all of them. Hmm. Um, on top of that, we had uh, Targaryen Crossing that you were playing, Dave. Um, I think some of the, the ideas behind that were the burn is good against Mart- all the Martell builds because all their characters are strength or lower. Um, it has a bit of characters. rush. Sorry? All the good characters. <laughs> just, just all of them. All of them. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it can, it can go a bit fast because of, of the crossing, but it's also got like the aggro pressure as well from Carl Drogo and just the general kill that can be invoked from Plaza and uh, the burn. Um, and then my deck, which was a kind of control deck to a degree, um, I think we all wanted to have a Martell deck in there somewhere. Me and Dave are big fans of the house. And it tends to have a reasonably good matchup against Lannister, which is another thing that we were expecting to face quite a lot, but I don't think we did a great deal on the day, did we? Uh, only I... the Lannister winner. I was the only one I remember. Yeah. Specifically, there was a couple of banners, I think, but I didn't see anyone really primarily as a... Well, I Lannister. I burned to Tyrion in the final, but that was a Banner Lion. Um, mm. It was very satisfying. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So I think the, the the only Lannister main house we played against was the uh, was the Winter deck, which you got to play twice. Um, so t- talk to us about your uh, your deck wedge, because uh, I know people have asked questions about it because uh, it's not a common um, a common deck. I know um, it was played in a uh, SoCal for a little while. Um, by Johnny Wright, uh, and he he sent me it a long long time ago, probably first chapter pack. And we played a little bit of it, see what it was like, um, and I didn't really get on with it. But you seem to have some success, so talk to us about talk to us about Martel Stag. Yeah, I mean, I think if I was going to pick an ideal Martel deck to take to this tournament, then this wouldn't have been it. Mm. Um, but it's a deck that I've been working on for a little bit, just to try and see whether the concept worked. It was, yeah, as you said, Martel Stag. The main idea was kind of be a kind of hand destruction deck. That I could run all the flames, his Viper Eyes, uh, Bastard Daughters, even Red Vengeance to hit the hand. Plus, of course, um, doubling up on Heads on Spikes. <laughs> um, the plots were actually one of the strangest things about the deck in that there's no plot with Four gold is the highest gold plot in the deck. There are no economy plots at all. So there can be no characters really above five cost. And even with the, the lower gold curve that it's playing, it can't really afford to play out Ariane every turn without some incredibly good luck on hitting economy early on. So it's a very strange deck to play in that you have to play it very slowly. You have to really 
concentrate on hitting your opponent's hand and keeping the board small. Um, and then hoping you can hit the the kneel and the icon control to keep what they do have used, should we say, um, and try and go from there and scrape victories, really. <laughs> okay. Um, I uh, I enjoyed the look on your opponent's faces a few times when you flipped the second heads on spikes, which people tend not to expect. Yeah, I mean, obviously... If you're aiming to have your opponent's hand completely empty all the time, which the deck does a pretty good job of, then gusting grey into heads and spikes is a, a guaranteed hit. And yeah, targeted kill and two power is pretty handy. And uh, I mean, I looked at obviously uh, the night before we went to the old three cocks, as we are wont to do, and mm-hmm. um, after. Top knot Mike and James disappeared. Crocodile Hammers disappeared at what two, three a.m. and we decided to sit down and look at our decks. Um, <laughs> we laid your deck out on the dining room table. Which, yeah. Uh, and, uh, I wonder if it was so hard to wake you two up. That is a very good point, actually. If it wasn't for me actually coming with you, we probably wouldn't have been there. Yeah, yeah, this is true. Because it was really hard to wake you up, though, especially when your phone's on vibrate. From now on, new rules. Your phone is not allowed to be on silent if we're picking up early in the morning. Yeah, so I forgot to set an alarm. Um, We were supposed to be there there between 9 and 9.30, uh, and Peel arrived at mine at 8, and finally got me out of bed at quarter to 9. We did get there pretty quick, though. We did. We got there about quarter to 10, but obviously I emailed Dan in advance, or messaged Dan in advance to tell him we'll be late, and we were all pre-registered in advance, of course. He knew what we were playing. We sent the deck lists in the car. It was it was fine. Uh, it was touch and go, but it was fine. Um, that was that was quite exciting. Yeah, my phone has not been off silent since I started work. It's just easier just to leave it on silent all the time. Um, but I also don't like it vibrating, so it doesn't vibrate. So unless it is specifically set to loud, my phone is is completely silent literally and does not vibrate. Brick. It is it, it literally just lights up. Um, which is how I like it. So if I'm expecting a call or a text, it will go on loud, and if not, it's just silent all the time. Which is lovely. Because some of my group chats go off all the fucking time, and I wouldn't be able I, to have I, that work with... Vzz, 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 vzz. My, box is, my boss is pretty laid back, but that would be uh, taking the piss. When you guys start I talking know. about... Um, what were you talking about this morning? Um, who gets what in the event of... Uh, secondary Dave dying of overwork, and like, yeah, I, uh, I don't care. Which donuts prefer, ring donuts or donuts with a filling? Yeah, or, see, as Dave likes donuts with a filling and an icing on top. He's just greedy, though. Yeah, so uh, like, so I don't need my phone to vibrate for that. <laughs> but still, like, this is why the days of tournaments has to be allowed. Okay, <laughs> we've we've learnt the lesson. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you were driving, Peel, because uh, I don't think Wedger or I were in a suitable state. No, we kind of woke up in a daze. <laughs> uh, just when I walked in and Wedger came out, oh, Peel, <laughs> just trying along. Is it time to go? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> tell you hungover, possibly a little bit still drunk and definitely lethargic, if nothing else. Oh, it was a good night, though, so that was fine. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, moral of the story was, uh, well, the moral of the story is put your phone on loud um, and don't drink too much. But 
the day before we were we were building Wedge's deck, um, and it, it warmed my heart to see such a low, low gold curve. It really did. Um, four gold plots here, there, and everywhere. Um, did you run anyone above cost five? Did you run a Tyene or a Quentin? No. Four of them, and there wasn't really the space once I'd fit in all the, the kind of control aspects and the hand destruction bits. Cards that actually did things were hard to fit in. <laughs> um, so, uh, what was uh, you, what was your matchup like with First of Winter? Obviously, I know you had a reasonable amount of five costs and some four costs, but. Um, well, there was Ariane and Red Vengeance kind of gave me the kind of leeway to be able to get away with it. I've certainly played a few games in testing where I wish I'd had it in the plot there. Because okay. it's clearly such a great time to play it, but um, it's hard to fit in a lot when you've got to fit two heads and spikes in your plot deck. And yeah, it wasn't a guarantee because of the low gold curve. There was a lot of time when it wouldn't be to my benefit. Sure. I'd rather run the kind of things to keep the board small, like Wildfire and March to the Wall. Mm, so you had what? what? Marched, Wildfire, two heads... Uh, what else were you running? Uh, long plan. Mm-hmm. I want to say out the gates, but that's not what it's called. Uh, here, here to, to serve. serve. <laughs> um, and counting coppers. Sure, that's a nice plot deck. So, yeah, it was nice not to have to have confiscation as well. Um, when you've got Caliot and Crescent, there's kind of a bit of a leeway of different things you can go for. Do you care about Milk of the Poppy too much? I mean, it really hurts Nymeria, but other than that, is it is it an issue or any other attachments? It's Nymeria. Yeah. Um, and Mel. You really don't want e- either of those to get milked. Mm. So, um, just being able to grab Crescent whenever necessary was, was fine, and if not, then um, Caliot is incredibly annoying for most people. Okay, sure. Um, did you run Rattleshirts Raiders or? Yes, a couple. Okay. I, uh, I, as you're aware, because I, I, you built the, um, the crossing deck. That also didn't run Confiscation, but Rattleshirts. And I think, Peel, you didn't run Confiscation in your deck either, did you? You did run Rattleshirts, possibly. I think Peel's deck had three Rattleshirts, and we did not say as well. Yes, of course. So uh, there's the the theme of wedge constructed decks, I guess. Um, yeah, when I think about it. I'm not sure the Marcel deck had battleships in. <laughs> Fair enough. I think it was just relying on Creston and had no way of taking out anything that wasn't a condition. Sure. Well, it's only what ice. Like you can just deal with ice. It's fine. Yeah. And just take that military icon. Seal. Yeah. Yeah. Seal's not the end of the world. No, ice isn't either, because as you say, you can kneel or remove the icons off the thing that has it. Yeah. Alright, so no worries there. Um, Peel, do you want to... Or Wedge, talk to us Talk to us about Peel's deck. What what does it do? Um, what's interesting about it? And then Peel can talk to us about his experience with, uh, with the deck. Get both sides uh, of it. It's Greyjoy Winter. Mm-hmm. So, it gets to play First Snow with fish whiskers and that's fun <laughs> it gets to have location control and people are I mean they're still like the Lani dragon that isn't really playing locations but 
the Lani decks that have Tower of the Hand or Stark or Night's Watch or Tyrell, most a lot of decks are running a lot of annoying locations and the Weedy Not So is quite a good answer to that. And if there are no locations worth hitting, you can hit attachments obviously and not play confiscation, but also you can add it to part of the choke element and hit King's Roads or Rose Roads. As there's no limited qualifier on we do not so. Very nice. Um, how did you find the deck peel? How did you? The start, obviously, it took a little bit of while getting used to. Admittedly, I hadn't tested it before, so that's probably why. Um, we got moving, and I realised just how devastating fish whiskers and put to the sword as a combo can be. Uh, get your fish whiskers up to five strength, which is relatively easy to do, uh, and just go to town. That was kind of a yeah. sad realisation when I spoke to you in spoons afterwards, wasn't it? I said it really I was. Should yes. have told you this earlier. But Fish yep. Whiskers doesn't have to attack alone. Did you realise that? He, he doesn't, no. <laughs> um, I do now. I know that now. And he has become ten times better than I originally thought he was. And I thought he was amazing before I knew this. So there's that. Yeah. Um, yeah, didn't, did not realise. For some reason, in my head, it was, oh, he has to attack alone. And that was the way I played him. Always Fish Whiskers attacked on his own. Um and it, it was just, that was what I did. Um, Balon got milked very quickly in all of my games. Like every time he came out to say hello, that was it. Milk of the Poppy was put on him. Um, within, I think normally him being out for pretty much my uh, my marshalling uh, was, was about it. I think I used him once. But other <laughs> than that, it was uh, relying on all the other people. And I fell in love with a, a particular card, which I'm trying to remember. It's the ones, uh, two costs with... A single injury guy come. Wild and Scouts. They're repairing the boat. Uh, fish, shipwrights. Uh, shipwrights. They're the ones, yes. I fell in love with the shipwrights. Mm. I don't know why, but for some reason they were clutch. In, like, in certain situations, they were just perfect. Greyjoy needs injury guy cons. They have them, and that's valuable on its own, but it was just so useful. <laughs> like this just does things. Brilliant. Fantastic. Neil cool. Neil Yeah. Neil your location. Why? I don't know. I want you to. But then I can't use it to get three costs. So they'd marshal it, Neil. Like, ah oh. <laughs> And you can see their faces drop and they realise they couldn't get out their big beefers. Like, oh Action Windows bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, I had the pleasure of uh, playing that deck a couple of weeks ago. I went to a few game night kits with um, with the decks. I, I think I, I played Greyjoy once and then uh, the Targ deck twice as in preparation for the tournament. Um, and yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to play. Can't knock that at all. Um, and it didn't seem to fall on its ass like some other Greyjoy decks, so that was nice. It was reasonably uh, reasonably resistant. So yeah, I enjoyed playing it. Uh, I did. I only beat Whammer with it because I won initiative coin flip. But mm. it's fine. We won't. We won't ignore that. Um, I must admit, what I have noticed from playing at that team tournament, attachments are a pain in the fucking ass. <laughs> they never used to be that much of an issue. I never used to worry about them unless I was playing Targ, and now it's just like every other card is an attachment. Like, oh damn. Like, no one plays events anymore. It's all about attachments, which is really upsetting. Except for one event, which did me. Ah, yes. That was in the Lanny Winter matchup, wasn't it? The Intrigue put to the sword, yes. It's a uh, trial by combat. 
I know about it now, though. Yeah. Or I, I will, I'll look out for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never seen it play before in my life. Like, what the hell is this? I, oh, yeah, you lose two of your guys. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep them. Yeah. I'm very protective. <laughs> yeah. Get claims without military. No! I looked over at that, um, at that, and that was, a. Uh... You know, first slow turn, you got fish whiskers out. Yeah, this can go reasonably well. Um, yeah, He's the dead. trial by combat, it made it sad. Oh, well. Annoyingly, could have blocked it. <laughs> I had urine on the board. Oh. <laughs> but I wanted standing for my attacking. I was oh. like, ah. Yeah, and that Lanny Winter deck doesn't like that card. Oh, well. Next time, eh? Yes. Okay, uh, yeah, I remember it was also pretty sad at one point where I looked over and um, Balon got marched. Like, you don't. And, and you had two characters. Like, marching Balon is pretty drastic, but Fish Whiskers. Yeah, you have he's to. your boy. <laughs> you have to march Balon when you got Fiskers down. Yeah, Fiskers is just so good. In, well, in that deck, like, obviously we tried to build with him several months ago and he was just sad at that time, but now Winter Festival's out. Fishkers he just is, makes uh, sense. It's so good. Okay, um, the Tar Crossing then, um, Wedge, you, you talked about it briefly earlier, um, it's got a decent matchup against uh, a couple of things, it burns Martel, it's got a bit of aggro, um, it's got lots of draw, which pleased me immensely. Yeah, I think it's probably its greatest strength, is it draws from a lot of different directions, and so you normally end up with cards in hand. I don't think I've drawn so much in 2nd edition ever which probably is why I enjoy playing it so much. Um, having the options is really, really useful. Um, that said, today I was playing Star Wars, and for the first time in my life I had too much draw. I was like, I don't need to draw any more cards. I've got quite enough. Um, a lot of it was like, discard and then draw, or draw and then discard, and I was like, no, I, I'm not going to trigger my effects. This is very confusing. Um, but yeah, this, this tug deck drew out the wazoo. Uh, you know, I'd be going into the um, the plot phase with one card, and then someone would die to wildfire, and I'd draw three, and then by marshalling I'd have five, and then I'd draw some more in the in the challenges phase. Oh, it was fantastic! Loved it. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, the main uh, the main deck building decision that I made. Um, was cutting the number of Miris and adding more Daenerys. Uh, she is amazing in Tile Crossing. Her ability negates part of the downside for um, for the first challenge you make. She's draw. She can participate in multiple challenges, which is exactly what you need with um, with Crossing. And uh, Intrigue is one of the weaker icons in Tile, although they are pretty pretty even across the board. Um, Intrigue is, is is probably the weakest. Um, obviously her synergy with the dragons is just amazing so she was really really useful every single game I saw her I was happy to see her she's, I think she's definitely better than Miri in that deck although uh, Miri at what, 6 strength 7 strength is pretty uh, pretty nice on its own when you get to use her in the third challenge um, so yeah I, I mean the only real like brilliant play I'm looking back on and thinking yeah that was pretty nice uh, I coaxed uh, someone into kneeling Eddard on the military challenge, um, and he had ice on him. Uh, he defended, thinking he would win and get to trigger ice to kill my Daenerys, and I thought, nah, 
Don't you worry. Uh, Drakaristim to win the challenge. Rattleshirt <laughs> Raider. Oh, too yeah, many yeah. Drakaristims. Yeah. Drakaristim to win the challenge but not kill Eddard. Uh, trigger Rattleshirts when I win it to discard the ice. And then win the power challenge. Because uh, Eddard was no longer standing, he couldn't win the power challenge. Win the power challenge, trigger Plaza, kill Eddard. That was pretty satisfying, getting him down from nine, uh, 8 strength to 0 in a challenge phase. Um, quite wonderful. Uh, yeah, Drakaris-wise, over the course of the first two games, I saw 7 copies of Drakaris and Crown of Gold, I think it was, between them. That's what I remember you saying. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty nice. In the uh, in the second game, I uh, I... I was playing against another Tile Crossing deck. He, he intrigued with Miri turn one, thinking he's going to get Drogo. Uh, but, of course, her strength has been reduced by one. So uh, she gets Drakarist. Um I then top deck the next two Drakarises the next turn. Uh, shuffle. Don't get an opportunity to play them because the board is so small. Um, and I'm dominating it with military challenges anyway. Uh, then shuffle the, back in with rebuilding. Uh, draw the uh, the third one again immediately after rebuilding. It was pretty nice just having you know sat there turn three. I've used one Tracaris. I've still got three in hand uh, and a crown of gold. This is this is pretty nice. Um, so yeah, I uh, I was enjoying playing Burn. It was quite satisfying. Nice to see it back again. To be honest. Yeah, we haven't seen, we haven't seen much Targaryen main house in mm. the last six months anyway, have we? Um, obviously we're seeing lots of Banner Dragon which is no fun for anyone and I still don't like Miri like I dropped her down to one copy one copy and Wedge made me put I'm her not... up to two. Oh, she's boring to play with she's boring to play against one child you can only it's only when she attacks alone as well and it's just yeah she's mm... no fish no no she's no fish whiskers and that's what it comes down to now it's just like she's no fish whiskers <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are prepared for her now, so she loses a bit of the impact. And she still wins games. Like, I got a Drogo in one game who had, what, like five power on him, which just shattered all chances of my opponent winning. Um, but it was, it was just, like, yeah, she's just boring. Her main use in the final was eating a Gaston Grey so that my Drogo was free to make challenges. But, like, that's not exactly great value for 7 cost <laughs> I was winning the game by that point anyway so yeah I mean uh, the, the final is on is on uh, the, it was on the stream my my final anyway and Peel's uh, Peel and I oh, both played in the Swiss on the uh, uh, on the stream as well Vince beat me and Peel lost to the uh, the winter deck that he eventually beat in the final um, so don't watch them but if you want to watch me win the final then, uh, then that's fine uh, okay, have you guys got any further comments on the team event or anything? It was fun. It was bits where I was. You sobered up towards the end of the day or got drunk? I'm not sure. You asked me to get you gin and tonics at eleven. I got. I remember drunk. that. It's fine. That's how I got over it. <laughs> I just remember. Oh, what do you want from Sainsbury's gin and tonics? All right, then fair enough. <laughs> yeah, cheers for that. No worries. Really helped. I had a uh, I had a Bex that I gave away. I think that's the first time I've ever given away like half a pint of beer at that time of day. Like, it's not just that like, I left it because I was too drunk. It's just 
It was just so unpleasant to drink. Just didn't want it. Well, plus, like, Bex isn't, isn't that nice anyway. Bex isn't great, but it's fine. Like, as a lager goes, it's It's, fine. it's like an average lager, isn't it? Yeah, it's like but, a kind of cause. But it was just... It was just... I couldn't drink it. It was just... It was wrong. It, it's it no star apartment. So, uh, yeah. That was, that was sad. That was, that was it was five pounds a pint, though. Yeah, it was. That was depressing. Okay. Well, uh, if you guys have nothing more to add... Uh, have you got any more general comments before we call it a night? No. It was a very well-run tournament, I must admit. It went a lot smoother than I could see it going. It was, um... There was surprisingly no real issues with the pairings as well. It was always just kind of... Right, you sat here. And all the note tables, which were... Were numbered in ascending order. Which was quite a pleasant thing. Because I think the, the, we started off and every game we got... Towards the end, we got further and further up. And it was just beautiful pretty nice and they had little comments next to them like uh, table threes like oh you're pushing for it that kind of thing <laughs> table one yeah you can relax don't worry about it you're doing well um, table two not quite there yet mate yeah, you're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't I never got to see past table uh, table six but I'm sure it was uh, depressing what trying to get more abusive towards the bottom I think <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh, even bloody hell up come on Dan's a cruel <laughs> man a cruel master yeah, towards the bottom round, I wouldn't have wanted to. Towards the end, I wouldn't have wanted to be on the bottom tables, just reading it like, ah. <laughs> I must admit, more team events and things like that, they make tournaments just better. Yeah, going along to a tournament with your mates, and you're a lot more invested in how well your friends do than you would normally be in a tournament. Like, yeah, it's great when my friends win, but it doesn't affect me, generally speaking, in a tournament, unless them I lived home. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, in this case, it was just like, yes, I need my friends to do well. It's great when it's even better than normal when they do. It's a uh, yeah, it was really satisfying. It's a lot of fun to play. Um, and being able to choose your teams, unlike the uh, the Starlight team event where you kind of just forced together, which is the good thing good about the Starlight but... event though, you do know generally everyone. Mm. Like at this point, it'd be interesting to see who's on the team event this year. I must admit. Oh yeah, that's uh, a new play. high pressure. No pressure, lads. Well, one assumes it'll be Wedge, Reese, and someone else. <laughs> and Reese is a. He's going to join us this year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could put odds on it. <laughs> run, a, yeah, <laughs> yeah, run, a, run a racket on Saturday morning. See yeah. who does best at Swiss. So what's Peel doing? Well, he stopped playing Thrones twenty minutes ago because he set up a gambling ring in the back room. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Fine, it's not illegal, it's Germany. Nothing's illegal in Germany, we all know that. <laughs> I'm sure that's true. I'm pretty sure Germany is just one of these happy places where you can... Speaking of which, if you, uh, for those of you who haven't booked Starlake, just another push on that, do go. It is an amazing little time. And the castle is a really, really, really nice venue. Um, admittedly, we don't play in the castle for the two days you're there, but you drink in the castle, and I think that's kind of close enough. You play in the castle if you make the cut. Yeah. yeah. If you're in the some of the side events are played in the castle. Yeah, but mostly you're in a hall, mostly. a very big hall, next to a train station. But it's fine. It's all lovely. Okay. Uh, with that, then I think we'll uh, call it a night. Cheers. Cheers for joining us, Wedge. Uh, it's been a pleasure as always. 
It's nice to have you a bit louder than normal. Um, Peel, have you got a tip for our listeners before we leave? A bit of advice? Yes, uh, I have got a bit of advice. If you get a new pet, um, do not let other people name it. <laughs> that is good advice. <laughs> In hindsight, not my wisest idea, but hey-ho, Morgan the cat is born. <laughs> oh, well, much of Morgan's song. I will make sure it says fully on her microchip when she gets chipped. Much and Morgan. I'll take a I'll take a picture of it when it goes through. It is a fantastic name. It will be. It'll be lovely. I was looking forward to shouting Fish Whiskers outside the front of the door, but Fish Whiskers is a great cat name. Uh, Much and Morgan is more us, and especially more yeah. you with your connections to other famous Morgans. Lester yes. And, uh, uh, rum. Captain, I love Captain. In all senses, I still need to get one of those bottles. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get one for Christmas. That'll be my Christmas present to myself. The Captain Morgan Lester rum. Oh, it's just brilliant. It's not the England one-day team, then. Hmm? England cricket one-day team. The captain's also called Captain Morgan. Is he? Oh, is he? Yeah, whoa! Oh, How many captains? There you go. We could do a lobby. How many Morgans that are captains? Are all Morgans captains? I can only like so. Is there a higher percentage chance of being a captain if you're a Morgan, based on the fact that I know two of them? Currently representing England teams. <laughs> I don't know him personally, for reference. If I did, that would be fantastic, and I'd have a massive grin on my face. 